Simplest commercial baking resource. Brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Lynn Carson with a PhD in grain sciences. Sharing knowledge and helping you grow connections. You're listening to the Baked in Science Podcast. Hello, Baked in Science listeners. Welcome to this episode where we will be discussing the challenges of flour with two guests. I'm Lynn Carson, CEO, founder of Bakerpedia, the world's largest digital resource that answers all your questions about ingredients, processes, and FDA guidelines. Bakerpedia.com. Shared knowledge, freely available, always. Welcome. Today we have Dr. Gary Ho from the Wheat Marketing Center and Julio uh, calling in from a bakery in Florida. Dr. Gary Ho, what is your position at the Wheat Marketing Center and what kind of experience have you had with uh, wheat and flour production? Okay, well, um, my name is Gary Ho. Uh, Currently, I'm the technical director of uh, Wheat Marketing Center. I have worked at the Wheat Marketing Center since 1995. Um, since I joined the Wheat Marketing Center, I have been working on the wheat quality and flour uses and the end of product applications. And uh, so have uh, uh, visited uh, many bakeries and uh, flour mills uh, throughout the world, so I have gained gained some experience on that uh, aspects. And uh, a lot of bakers don't know what services you offer at the Wheat Marketing Center. So could you tell us a little bit more about what kind of um, services and products that you offer bakers? Yes, uh, the Wheat Marketing Center is a nonprofit research and educational organization. Um, Basically, we are uh, partially funded by the wheat commissions, mm-hmm. uh, which are composed of uh, uh, wheat growers. Uh, right now, we have uh, uh, wheat commissions from uh, eight states uh, in the U.S. Uh, who are supporting us. And uh, our main mission is um, providing dynamic uh, educational program to to uh, wheat uh wheat and flour milling companies and also the end users, uh, such as bakers and noodle makers, etc. And we have uh, year-long technical short courses that are catered to uh, professionals uh, from around the world. And also we uh, provide country-specific training courses for individual countries who have uh, specialized uh, wheat-based products. Uh, in addition to the uh, training programs, we also uh, conduct many scientific research uh, focusing on uh, wheat quality and uh, end product applications mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, uh, to try to keep up with uh, uh, emerging uh, trends mm-hmm. such as uh, health and nutrition. And uh, uh, right now, for instance, uh, one of our main focus 
is on the whole grain products and mm-hmm. uh, to help the uh, wheat processors, uh, food processors, and also uh, customers to to improve the, the eating quality, taste, mm-hmm. uh, and at the same time to uh, provide additional uh, n- nutrition to the customers. So. Am I hearing right that you are also offering product development consultancy? Yeah. Yes. Okay. We also uh, we we have done uh, many uh, proprietary mm-hmm. uh, confidential uh, uh, research projects, uh, product development projects for individual companies. So, if a baker has a question on, can you help me solve this product formulation issue on my say high fiber bread? You can you can help with that project. Totally. We, okay. We do everything we can, and uh, uh, sometimes uh, you know maybe it's just a phone call, but uh, other times we need to do more in depth uh, right. lab works and uh, uh, many trials and errors to optimize the right. uh, formulation. Uh, how can they contact you, Gary? Uh, yes, uh, we have a, a website. Uh, the www wmcinc dot org. Okay. Or uh, can uh, <coughs> call us. You know. Yeah. Or Google Wheat Marketing Center in Portland. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you right there. Yeah. On the phone today is also Julio, a fourth generation baker from Florida. Hi, Julio. Hi. How are you? Hey, you bake a lot. Of dough there in that bakery, what about a million pounds a month? Yeah, about about that. Yeah. So, what kind of products do you specifically bake? We we produce uh, artisan bread, like a high hydration uh, dough, and also long fermentation, like old school long fermentation uh, sops, uh, pan bread. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, that's the, the kind of product. It's more for the, it's not like a commercial, well, it's large volume, but it's not a commercial offer. It's more like an artisan, but with big, you know, big volumes. Great. Lucky for you, Julio. Today we have a flower expert with us, Dr. Ho. And um, as bakers, we deal with flower quality issues all the time. Do you have any challenges with flower quality? Yeah, yes, uh, we we face that that issues like like every day. Oh, okay. What kind of issues do you face? Things we we also we we want to improve our quality, but sometimes in the looking for the best product, we we tend to bring like higher higher protein. And not necessarily that's the, the best alternative. So we, we, we face different situations based on the, the selection of the weed that we, we, we use uh, for produce our bread. What kind of uh, wheat do you use? Do you use a spring wheat or a winter wheat? Uh, spring. Spring. So all spring? Well, it's a combination. It's a, it's a, Different blends that we we have we have we have uh, patent high gluten as well. We combine different for different applications. Right. So I'd like to ask uh, Dr. Ho, what what do you think Julio can do on his height on his side to 
uh, monitor or improve or keep the the quality consistent for his flour. I mean, we're talking about spring wheat. I mean, it's it's a good quality flour. Well, what what should he be looking at? Right. Yes. Uh, even though um, it's good that you are using uh, spring wheat for for your products because uh, you know you are making uh, artisan bread. Yeah. High high, high absorption. Right. And also a long fermentation. Uh, all of those uh, require uh, all of those uh, form, uh, formulation and uh, uh, recipes require uh, strong strong gluten flour. And uh, spring wheat is, is the is the perfect choice. Uh, for you, however, having said that, you know because the even though we even though you're using spring wheat, but it does uh, the quality does change, okay, from uh, year to year, uh, due to uh, you know various reasons. One reason is the the wheat varieties uh, changing you know, uh, every year. Because in because right now the spring wheat is uh, grown primarily in uh, North Dakota. Uh, Montana, South Dakota, and Minnesota. So, mm -hmm. so that depends on where the wheat you uh, source from, and uh, because in each state they have a different uh, wheat variety. So I'm gonna ask a really baker non-farmer question: Why can't the farmer just use the same seeds every year? Uh, well, there's uh, <clears throat> traditionally in in the past the farmers try to keep their their own seeds for for planting for next year, but okay. if if they can keep very uh, good separation of their seeds and uh, without any contamination, probably they can uh, use that for for a few years, maybe two or three years. Oh, but okay. After that, because you very hard to separate them, to keep them clean, so oh. more or less you will have uh, contamination. Okay. And uh, so your seeds become uh, not pure. Oh, I see. And then over time. The quality of the crop will deteriorate. So basically, the farmer has to buy new seeds every year, and that's why we're seeing the variation. Uh, well, that uh, uh, um, they may not buy the new seeds every year, but at least uh, you know, probably every two years or more, they have to uh, okay. buy pure certified seeds. So that will maintain uh, the crop quality uh, better than than just uh, continuing using your own seeds. <laughs> That's one one of the one area that we need to be uh, focused on. But uh, but other aspects causing the wheat quality issue is is the right. Uh, That's my question. Yeah. Why 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 does weather provide such a huge variation in protein quality? Yes, uh, weather. You know, actually, when we talk about weather because uh, it has uh, provided a combination uh, of effects mm -hmm. uh, on the on the. Uh, on the crop quality, mm -hmm. uh, like a temperature, for instance, the rain, how much it rain, and uh, and also the fertilizer uh, utilization, etc. All of those actually have uh, a factor on the uh, wheat quality. For instance, if the temperature is very high, you will tend uh, usually will result in higher uh, higher uh, protein because of drier condition. And uh, more rain will cause, uh, you know, sprout sprout damage. Mm -hmm. And uh, the use of fertilizer, whether you use a uh, uh, ni nitrogen or other sulfur or other mm -hmm. different ones combination, you will uh, not only affect the, the nitrogen content in the wheat, but also the compositional differences 
in the protein will change as well. Okay. So that's you know the the weather because usually you know the genetic factor and the environmental factor, the both will contribute to probably ninety percent of the the wheat quality variation. Mm -hmm. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Bakery Concepts International, for sponsoring this podcast. For more information about rapid hydration and low temperature mixing, visit bakeryconcepts.net. Julio, do you do uh, quality analysis of your incoming flour? We, we use like a third body uh, to do that, uh, but it's something that we are extremely interested to bring in-house right now in order to to have better understanding you know even that flowers flower is uh like the the biggest part of the formula is quite a, like a dark zone for us you know in terms of knowledge so that's why we're actively looking to enhance our knowledge about that it's quite important uh, for us to better understand that part Yes, and some of the successful in-house quality programs that Gary has helped with um, have uh, done really well. Gary, can you summarize what can bakers do in-house to look at flour to keep flour con quality consistent? Yes, uh, I think it would be a great idea to have to set up a, a internal uh, quality control lab. Uh -huh. uh, to check incoming uh, raw materials, right? Uh, in in your cases, the uh, flour quality, and because sometimes when you purchase flour, the flour mills will, uh, upon request, they will provide a, a, a certificate of analysis COA uh -huh. to the to the bakers. Uh, but sometimes you know uh, that particular analysis may not uh, match exactly the the lot that you. The lot of flour that you receive. So, so many times, uh, oftentimes that the, the bakers usually we do a, have a third party to, to verify, mm -hmm. uh, the results. But, but sometimes, you know, uh, usually that will take some time before, yep. before you get the data back. And by the time you get there, you receive your, uh, ver verification results, your flour may be finished already. Well, in, in this, in, in Julio's case, it's been a million pounds <laughs> right. being used before. <laughs> the time is uh, the the values are uh, coming back to all is already used. You finished it, right? Yeah, you but finished it after fact. Uh, so uh, yeah, from my you know uh, my experience and uh, you know is uh, you can set up uh, some a, a laboratory uh, in internal quality control laboratory with equipped with uh, some uh, basic and essential instruments. Uh, to to check uh, some critical uh, quality parameters uh, such as uh, the protein content, you know the the ash content, mm -hmm. right? And also folding number and uh, and also dope uh, properties. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're using a mixer lab or okay. a friend graph, mm -hmm. you know, to determine the water absorption right. and dough mixing strength. Mm -hmm. And uh, probably we would like to have a a, a small a uh, baking lab to do some uh, uh, baking outside. Right. To using a standard method or your own uh, formula uh, to make some uh, baking test to verify 
whether the results are consistent from from batch to batch. Correct. And I also like to recommend before you go there, Julio, um, to really work closely with your flour mill. Because I feel that flour quality is often an opportunity for better communication with your meal. Um, understand that third-party uh, testing is important, but to use that third-party testing to supplement the documentation, the COAs from your meal, and to clearly communicate to the meal that um, that you want the farinograph to, for example, give an MTI of 30 or, you know, the peak should be what time, you know. So really clearly communicating to the mill and having them consistently meet your targets before actually going out and start a lab. Um, I believe every it's in every mill's interest to meet their customers' uh, uh um, requests. So really, I, I think you are a huge consumer. Um, and I don't think there's any mill out there that is going to say no to you asking for, you know, the, the COAs consistently or before the batch even arrives. So um, and I've worked with many, many, many flour mills in my past. And one of the requests, you know, we have made that was very reasonable was please fax or scan your farinograph and your COAs before the flower comes in. So that way you understand what you're in for, right? I mean, sometimes even an absorption of 2% is going to affect your mixing times. And I feel that the floor super or the production shifts, um, you know, uh, supervisors should be um, always monitoring this and understanding how to read uh, farinographs and to monitor and to determine the, the, the variation in mixing. And I believe um, uh, Gary is, has a class that teaches, do you have a class that teaches how to read flower quality? Well, uh, the, we well the Bakerpedia and 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 the and the wheat marketing that we we jointly conducted. Yes, we day, uh, science of flower. Yeah, uh, science. Out. Yeah, I think that we need. We, yeah, uh, I think we need to launch that one again this year because we we did a good one last year. Yeah, so uh, we'll look into launching that science of flower, um, and you know, in order to teach bakers um, how to how to uh, deal with flower quality. Um, Actually, Julio, what is your biggest learning opportunity with Flower? What what has Flower taught you? Um, I remember one of the projects I was involved. I was I was trying to I was trying to improve the the stem in the Kaiser formula, and and you know really understand that not necessary to add more will bring the result that we was expecting. It was an extremely interest to see how sometimes less is more. It's less is it's better. And we reduce uh we reduce the the protein content and we you know we reduce a couple of things including the oxidation and everything and we improve improve that by just adjusting the basically the flower that we have been using so just to be clear you just just to be clear um i'm not um i'm not hearing it right you said that the kaiser cut on your buns were disappearing is that right yeah it was getting kind of blind i don't have this nice uh, 
clear Kaiser cut, right? So the first thing you did was, uh, uh, I mean, adjust everything else like water and oxidation system. But what I'm hearing right now, what what you finally ended up with was a weaker flower. Yeah, we we was using uh, a less, um, yeah, with a weaker weaker flower and reducing the oxidation on, on the broth. Mm-hmm. We was with, with less we we obtain better result. You know, we Correct. we can as a baker look at okay, I I gonna I gonna add this and that and that. Right. It's interesting how the interaction of process and the right flower brings so much to the final product so it, it was ex- extremely interesting to see that uh you know during the last uh, part of the year yeah year. you know this is not the first time i'm hearing that the disappearance of kaiser cut is because of the dough being too strong do you have any idea dr who on why why strong flour makes make Kaiser cuts disappear? <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe the system is too strong that it, it, ox- maybe, uh, it, it you know, it's uh, because the bread, uh, many times uh, in a lot of the commercial bread products, you know, they have a combination of, of many uh, ingredients in mm-hmm. the flour. So as, as Julio mentioned about the, the oxidation, maybe it's sometimes for too, too strong of oxidation. They make it, uh, the dough, uh, or the, uh, too strong. So the, the, the pattern cannot be retained after, after cutting. So I think that, um, you know, usually in our case, we start with, uh, basic formula. For instance, like artisan bread, your artisan bread, traditional artisan bread has the most basic formula. You know, we don't add anything, uh, oxidation or anything else. Correct. Uh, just using the flour, water, yeast, and salt. That's all to start mm-hmm. with. And, uh, that usually will have a very good, uh, using a, as a diagnostic tool to, to evaluate uh, the, the results. You know, right. you want to start and then maybe you want to add one ingredient at a time. To see whether it can improve or, or even make it worse. Or not do anything. Yeah, or not do anything. <laughs> you want to only add the things that improves it. <laughs> right. And also maybe just to, uh, you know, uh, without adding other additives, just using the, adjusting the flour. Mm-hmm. It could be too strong or too weak. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I think that's usually uh, the simple, simple way is the better way. Uh, making it too complicated. In the end, you, you do not realize what really uh, causing the problem. Right. So what I'm hearing is too much strength causes problems, too little strength causes problems. I tell you what, I think we need to sit down and figure out a date for that science of flower class. Gary, and then and then we have to get these bakers on sign on and and learn more about flower quality and how to adjust for it. Right. I think it's uh, it would be very helpful for for some of the bakers, in. you're in. <laughs> you mean we can get you? Can, we can get you up here from Florida, beautiful Florida. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's very important to get that knowledge in the, for the industry. You know, absolutely. Great. Great. I also help you to uh, uh, set up your own lab, yep. control lab. Mm-hmm. You see the 
you see the what the uh, instruments are needed and also how to interpret the results. Great. Julio, while we have Dr. Hu here, um, are there any questions you have for the flower expert? Oh, this is, uh, it was a great opportunity to share that. Yeah, uh, thanks for calling in. I have more questions in the future, but I, uh, I'll be in touch. Okay. Uh, just to trying to get that uh, part of uh, knowledge that we are missing here. Yeah, uh, great. Thank you, thank you, for, thank you for calling in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Without a sponsor, Bakery Comsets International, we would not be able to bring you this podcast. To learn more about the Repeater Jet technology, email Ken at K-E-N at bakeryconcepts.net. Thank you, listeners. Till the next time. 